Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's not a scintilla of evidence that Republicans have produced to show that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing, an impeachable offense, or in any way has broken the law. Why? Because there is no evidence that exists to implicate President Joe Biden in anything nefarious. President Biden is a good man. He's a good and decent and hardworking man. And that's been his entire life in public service. Was he a good, decent, hardworking man when uh, he was uh, leading the, uh, the confirmation regarding Clarence Thomas? Was he a decent, hardworking man when he talked about uh, busing and creating a racial jungle in, in, in schools? Uh, was he a, a hardworking, decent man when um, uh, Kamala Harris accused him of being a segregationist before she decided to join the ticket? Come on, Hakeem Jeffries. There are some questions there that might need some answering. Also, I had not heard the full clip until just now. Sometimes I like to, to, to do it with you. Um, that was off the top of my head. Was he a good man when he told America, uh, black Americans, that if you don't know if you're going to vote for him or Trump, then you're not really black? Was it, was, is, is that what's good? Was, was, was that the good? Oh, then, of course, there's all the money. Then, of course, there are people who have been investigating who find these payments from China really questionable. But he's a good man. Sure. Whatever it is you say. Was he a good man when he had classified documents hanging around his garage? Guys, I could just keep going. Somebody get me a bourbon. We could do this for days. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's your argument? He couldn't have done this. He's a good man. That's like when they speak of every serial killer. He's he was so quiet and kept to himself. What do you, this is this is not a defense, Congressman Jeffries. Good lord! Uh, speaking of people who don't have a defense, uh, you've got um, uh, Congressman George Santos, uh, soon to be former Congressman uh, George Santos. It, 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 it won't last long. It won't last long. And this is uh, Representative uh, Maliotakis of New York on CNN discussing uh, the expulsion, the coming expulsion of George Santos for lying and and stealing uh, donor dollars and misrepresentations. Oh, my. You voted not to remove Santos last time. Will you be changing your vote after this um, really scathing ethics uh, investigation? 
yes, I believe the earth is round and that George Santos uh, needs to go. And look, the, the previous vote, you had Republicans and Democrats vote against it simply because we were waiting for the ethics to do its due diligence, to do the due process and come back and furnish the report so we could see what type of evidence and facts they were able to find. That is what we requested of the Ethics Committee early this year. And it was premature to be voting on an expulsion before getting the results of their investigation. But following the re report being released, I don't see how uh, somebody can vote to keep him here. I mean, it is clear they found the evidence and the facts and produced it to us that he uh, took money from his campaign donors and used it for personal reasons. And uh, the argument that uh, this will be, um, you know, he'll, he needs his day in court. Yes, he will have his day in court as it relates to the criminal charges, the 23 charges that you mentioned earlier, but he had due process as it pertains to expulsion and whether he should remain in the House. Yeah. Any argument that uh, Santos is making that somehow he's been treated improperly is, is a, is a non-argument. It, it doesn't exist. George Santos is going to go. And then there was this crazy exchange. I think, oh, by the way, Santos is referring to the fact that he's being bullied. Bye. It's going to happen. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, but I assume it's going to happen uh, today. Then there was this. Uh, Michael Schellenberger is a, uh, is a journalist. And he is one of the people who, uh, remember when we were doing the Twitter files and everything um, that, uh, uh, that Twitter was doing to silence uh, conservatives and others, and he's one of the people who had this data and was engaged in these, in these conversations. Um, and, and he's able to put together the data very well. Well, he has been doing a, a lot of uh, presenting to Congress. He's, uh, you know, called in front of committees and, and subcommittees. Can you answer this? Can you explain that, the other? And so he's in front of one of those committees today and asking him questions is Congressman Dan Goldman. Now, Dan Goldman, he was an impeachment uh, manager and uh, or lawyer, I should say, and uh, he's now a member of Congress. He's the guy who tried to feed uh, the, the the Hunter Biden associate. I forget his name right now. That you know, Hunter Biden wasn't selling access; he was selling the illusion of access. Well, the the associate never said the illusion of access. It was Dan Goldman who said in a closed-door hearing, this guy said, well, maybe. And then Dan Goldman and others went around saying, no, it was just the illusion of access. Dan Goldman has been falling on the sword for the Biden administration and really looking uh, the, the part of the fool. And in this, in, 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 the, in the latest, um, he is now engaged in a conversation about the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop. And I'm going to just let you listen to this back and forth between Representative Goldman and Mike Schellenberger. 
where Dan Goldman questions whether the laptop that's been authenticated. Remember the New York Post had the story about the Hunter Biden laptop and Twitter and other social media outlets refused to talk about it. Uh, all these so-called experts signed a letter saying it had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. That was all a lie to absolutely persuade the American people to try and win an election. They have no shame, no decency, and that's why people like John Brennan and a host of others cannot be trusted. They signed this letter. It was a total fraud. It was a lie. Dan Goldman believes that that laptop isn't legitimate. Check this out. Um, You've talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI knew it existed. You are aware, of course, that the uh, laptop, so to speak, was actually that was published in the New York Post was actually a hard drive that the New York Post admitted here was not authenticated as real. It was not the laptop the FBI had. You're aware of that, right? It was the same contents. How do you know? Because, because it's the same, I mean, it's- You would have to authenticate it to know it was the same contents. contents. You have no idea. You know hard drives can be manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participated in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? (laughs) No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. What's the evidence that 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 happened? What's well, the there is actual the evidence of it, but the point is, it's There's not no the same evidence thing. Thing. So you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad theory. you agree. That's nuts. Now, it goes on from here, and I'll share it. We are still trying to pretend that the thing that we know is true isn't true. We know that the laptop was real. We know that the contents were legitimate. We know whether you want to talk about the New York Post having the story dead on, right from the beginning, or you want to talk about how the Washington Post and the New York Times finally came around two years later. It is, it is taken as true that the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop, which were abandoned there at that uh, computer shop uh, in Delaware, legit. And there's Representative Goldman still trying to tell everybody that they're not legit. How does that happen? Why do people go down these roads? And then Goldman wants to try and, I think, change the subject. I'm glad you agree with me, Mr. Schellenberger, that transparency is the most important thing. And my last question for you is, do you think it would be transparent if Hunter Biden came to this Congress and testified in a public hearing and more transparent than if he testified privately? It's, I mean, literally, I've never thought about that. I have no idea. <laughs> you don't I've know? I've never thought about that. public testimony more I mean, transparent than private testimony? Are you familiar with the First Mr. Amendment? Mr. Chairman, I yield back. The Congress shall take no action to abridge freedom of speech. Yeah. And that's what you just described. Mr. Schellenberger. Now, I think that's a little bit of inside baseball about Hunter Biden testifying, who has now said that he's going to testify publicly and not behind closed doors. I would like to see him testify publicly always. Always be the case. But if he wanted to testify behind closed doors, would someone like, someone like Dan Goldman be opposed to that? Because that way he couldn't manipulate the conversation like he did regarding the Hunter Biden associate and the illusion of access? I don't know. There's a lot going on in the world and a lot of madness right here in our own nation. I expect George Santos to be out by the end of the day.
And I expect that by the end of the day, Dan Goldman will say something else that embarrasses him. Now as for what Elon Musk said, well, that's not embarrassing. I think it might very well be a call to arms. I'm Tony Katz. So this is either Elon Musk having an out-of-body experience or this is a nice look into the psyche or or really a a nice look into what it means to have blank you money. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony, that's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Uh, Musk is appearing on this this panel, this event that takes place, uh, uh, the Deal Book Summit, I think it's called, and he's on a stage with um, uh, Sorkin. Is it Adam Ross Sorkin? Andrew, Andrew Ross Sorkin of, of MSNBC. And he he starts with a conversation that look this this tweet that I post that I reposted uh, that that was foolish of me of the 30,000 things I've said on on uh, X uh, Twitter it's the dumbest and it was this uh, conversation that somebody put forward that they don't have any sympathy uh, for for Jews uh, regarding Israel and the attack by Hamas because after all Jews have been pushing anti-white propaganda for years now that's simply untrue but you can argue that groups like um, the Anti-Defamation League were in league with groups like Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter is a, just a matter of course, a Marxist organization that absolutely believes in the disintegration of Western culture. But there's a, a great problem with those uh, people, those groups, those organizations. We're in this together. We're in the fight. We're progressives together. And then... Uh, Oh my gosh, where, where, where are they when, when you're attacked? We'll get into that. I'll get into that coming up. But um, Musk had, had responded to this tweet that said, this is the truth, and said, look, I was referring to specifically groups like the Anti-Defamation League and others. That was a mistake of me to retweet that. I was wrong, and I apologize. I don't think Andrew, uh, Andrew I, I don't think that, that uh, Elon Musk is an anti-Semite. I just don't, don't think that to be true. But then the conversation got to the advertisers. Of course, there's a massive push to get the advertisers to drop Twitter uh, X uh, to lie about what it is that uh, they're doing in terms of their algorithm. Uh, and and this idea that, look, uh, if you want a platform of your own uh, to spew your nonsense, go create your own platform. Well, the political right did that. And then we were told, oh, you can't have that platform. Sorry. Remember Parler? Gone. Goodbye. We'll take it off the. We'll take it off. You know, service. No, no, no. Yep, yep. Guess it didn't work. You can't have that. So then Elon Musk buys Twitter, and now the plan is you have to destroy Twitter. You have to destroy Elon Musk. So what Andrew Sorkin is asking is, you know, you've got this attack on the advertisers and, and the things that you're posting on, on on the on the platform. I mean, don't you feel you have a responsibility? And I I don't think something snapped in Musk. It's just it's just a much different mindset than most people have in their business, and it, it, I've edited it. But uh, uh, producer Carl Carl's in t- uh, today. Uh, just finger on the dump button, uh, uh, just just uh, just in case, if if you would. 
you hope uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go yourself. But go yourself. <laughs> Is that clear? Now it's edited. But he's saying, go blank yourself. If you want to blackmail me, yeah, we'll advertise, but you have to do this, 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 and this. Go blank yourself. And then he gets a little personal. I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. That's Bob Iger. He's referring to from Disney. That is one heck of a thing to say. And he, I mean, Sorkin's trying to take him down a line and then... Like, I, I, Elon Musk, these are some weird answers for a moment there. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't but, advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, what do you do? F Y. I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. It, it, I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no. No. Totally. So. So. No. No. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. And you think that? The I, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are those advertisers. I imagine are going to say. They're going to say we didn't kill the company. Oh yeah. They're going to say tell it to, the, tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say Elon that you killed the company because you said these things, and that they were inappropriate things, and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. Let's, that's that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. Now, admittedly, that, that that's a bit heady, and I'm pretty sure he, uh, smoking a, a a joint with Joe Rogan wasn't the first time he's done that. Um, Earth has a tendency to forget. People have a tendency to forget things. But we should be clear that the objective here is to destroy anything from the political left they can't control. That seems pretty obvious. The argument that things have gotten crazy on the platform, look at all the bigotry on the platform. There's been bigotry on the platform for as long as anybody's been on the platform. There's always some lunatic. There's always something awful. It's what happens in a free speech society. And I agree that there are brands that are protective and they don't want their their brand associated with certain content. I get that. But if Facebook is okay, but X is not, that's weird. On MSNBC, and what is this I hear that they've dropped Mehdi Hassan, they've dropped his show? I guess that happened. They're going to give some other a bigot uh, two hours. But Mehdi Hassan, he's, uh, his show is now uh, gone because of a weekend lineup revamp. Interesting. Um, MSNBC puts people on who support Hamas 
every day. Every day. Every day they call the Republican Party a threat to democracy and they need to be re-educated. Conversations that will curl your toes. Um, what do you, what do you think we should do uh, about that? The advertisers don't stop. Only when it comes to things that are politically right. So I like Elon Musk saying, go blank yourself. But I would like it more if other people came in to advertise and supported the platform. I'm Tony Katz. So in the entirety of the conversation regarding Israel and the terrorist attacks on Hamas, there's been one massive ingredient left out of this. And that, of course, is why are feminists such garbage? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you a feminist? Have you spoken out against the rape of women by Hamas? Then you're garbage. Why am I listening to you? Why am I respecting to you? Respecting you? Why? For what reason do you think you matter if you'll stand up for uh, Blasey Ford? Oh my gosh, look what uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh did to Christine Blasey Ford at a party that nobody was at, that nobody remembers, and clearly was a fabrication. But believe her, but women raped by Hamas, bleeding as they're taken into custody, as they're taken as hostages, or as they're left to die. And women in the United States, feminists feel the air quote, are not outraged. That's garbage. Those are garbage people. Let us be clear about this and let us have a moment of grace for the people who didn't realize that their fellow travelers are nowhere to be found in the travels because they were never fellow travelers. You were the fool. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Let's start with Marco Rubio. Because Marco Rubio had an exchange with Medea Benjamin of Code Pink. Code Pink is a communist organization. Oh, we want peace here. We want peace there. Uh, No, they never met a despot they didn't like. These people are communists. These people are absolutely silent when it comes to brutality. And this was the exchange. Senator Rubio, will you call for a ceasefire no, in Gaza? No, I will not. On the contrary. Are you filming it? Well, yes. I want you guys to get this. I want them to destroy every element of Hamas they can get their hands on. These people are vicious animals who did horrifying crimes. And I hope you guys post that. And that's what about the civilians that I blame are being Hamas. killed every day? Hamas should stop hiding behind civilians, putting civilians in the way. Hamas knew that this was going to lead to this. So Hamas should stop building their military installations underneath hospitals. So you don't civilians. care that 15,000 have died? Do. You don't care about the babies that are I being care. killed every day? I think it's horrifying. Day. I think it's yeah. terrible. And I think Hamas is 100% to blame. That's what I think. Make sure you post that, please. Hamas is 100% to blame. And Senator Rubio handled that beautifully. I want to focus on woman hater Medea Benjamin. First, commie pinko loser, I have no place in my heart for communists. I mean to speak with the strength in which I am. This is not somehow coming through your radio incorrectly. She's a terrible, 
awful, despicable person like everybody associated with Code Pink because they don't look to Hamas and say, stop with the murder. They don't care that women were raped. They don't care that babies were killed. It doesn't matter. It is only Israel that is the problem because when your life is predicated on the Marxism, on the idea of the occupied and the occupier. It is the same thing as the 99% and the 1% that Barack Obama talked about. It is the same thing as the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. It is all Marxism. So how can one have any level of clarity, certainly any level of morality, when one's entire focus is built on, well, these are the oppressors and these are the oppressed. Israel is not the oppressor. Israel got attacked by a terrorist organization that wants every Jew dead. Medea Benjamin doesn't give a damn what happens to those Jews, especially the women. It's okay if they get raped, according to Medea Benjamin. I mean to say these words. Please don't think that somehow I'm engaged in some level of hyperbole. I mean every word that I say. Based on her questioning and based on her response to Senator Rubio, so you don't care about 15,000 children. I care that you're paying attention to Hamas for numbers of the dead when Hamas can't be trusted, but you don't pay attention to Hamas when they engage in rape because you don't give a damn about women, Medea Benjamin, you despicable garbage person. I mean every word of what I say. It is remarkable that the women of the United States have been silent. Susan Sarandon's going to go out there and march for the Palestinians. She's not marching for Palestinians. She's marching for Hamas. Cynthia Nixon, the actress, she's going to have a hunger strike, not for the Palestinians, but for Hamas, and doesn't care that women got raped. Everything they've said about feminism is a lie. Feminism was this, this kind of portal regarding the progressivism, which is to say the Marxism. You see it. You see it, you can visualize it, you can understand it. It cannot be more clear and you recognize what a problem this is because as we've stated from the beginning on day two, this is not about Israel's existence. This is not about the existence of Jews solely. It is not about Israel or Jews solely. This is about Western civilization. This is about how you live, how your family lives, how you function. That's what we're talking about. That has always been what we're talking about. The problem is everybody else out there doesn't seem to want to deal with the reality. We deal with reality all the time. That's why we're first to everything because we recognize what is, not, not uh, fantasize about what we want. That brings us to the UN where at the United Nations, uh, was it United Nations Women? Is, is that what they're called? The UN Women's Group, UN... Uh, it's a group called UN Women, dedicated to gender equality and the empowerment of women. Well, one of those women gets asked a question about, well, why aren't we condemning Hamas, ladies? Reason though, Sarah, that you can't specifically call out Hamas and the mounting evidence now over seven weeks that Israeli investigators have collected that we've shown our viewers about the atrocities they committed specifically on October 7th, because I think that's the crux of the issue here. It's not just condemning sexual violence against women and in any war in general. It's specifically what occurred on October 7th, perpetrated by Hamas. Indeed, UN Women always supports impartial, independent investigations into any serious allegations of gender-based or sexual violence. And within the UN family, 
These investigations are led by the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And just to provide a little bit of context in terms of UN Women's role, UN Women specifically provides and has extensive knowledge on gender-based violence and provides and supports investigations as we do with all UN investigations. And so consequently, in this context and within the UN system, it is the Independent International Commission of Inquiry, which for us has the mandate to investigate all alleged violations. Her name is Sarah Hendricks. She is the Executive Deputy Director of UN Women. And is she making the argument that when the Israelis say these women got raped, their argument is, well, it's not verified. They'll accept the Gaza numbers, which is Hamas numbers regarding dead children, but they won't accept the Israeli military or the Israeli government saying these women got raped. What the hell happened to believe all women? And you're going to wait for a group of men to come down with some decision before you as women stand up for other women? Feminism is a lie. Progressivism hates women. How do we know this? How, Tony Katz, do you make such a statement? I don't know. Leah Thomas, anybody? You allow men to say they're women and uh, compete against women in sports, take their spots on teams, keep them out of scholarships and other things like that. You allow men to say they're women and you name them women of the year, thus marginalizing women and erasing the concept of women. And you wonder why I say progressives hate women. There's nothing to wonder. You've told us. All I did was notice. The progressive's problem is that we're right and they're wrong. We see them and they're pretty pissed off about it. They're disgusted by it. They can't believe it. Progressives hate women. Do you hear me, suburban soccer moms? You're going to vote for Joe Biden again? They hate you. Don't you get that they hate you? And they hate your daughters. But you're going to vote for them because abortion. Do you realize at this stage of the game how absolutely ridiculous you are with this conversation? Abortion is your number one subject? Are you nuts? They're erasing your daughter and they'll erase you next. And women get raped in Israel and the UN women say, well, we don't have any data on that. We have to wait till the men tell us what to think. You want, we, want, we now know who the Stepford wives are. You're going to vote for that? You're going to be down with that? You're going to be down with Medea Benjamin? Oh, the 15,000 people killed in Gaza. No consideration for the rape of women. No consideration for the existence of Israel. And wait till they have no consideration for the existence of you. Oh, wait, we're already at that stage. This brings us to Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik uh, was Blossom for those of us of, of a certain generation. And Mayim Bialik uh, was uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, uh, Farrah Fowler. I forgot, I forgot her name on the show. I, for, I, for, I honestly forgot her, her character. She's also one of the hosts in Jeopardy. She is Jewish. She's outsmoking. She is uh, wicked bright. I don't think she's a great Jeopardy host. I just don't think it's for her. I think there are a lot of other things she's capable of. It just, it never seems to, to flow. For me, my, my take. She wrote on X, there has been an abhorrent and conspicuous absence of women's organizations around the world unequivocally condemning the systemic rape and torture of women on October 7th by Hamas. 
brutal gang rapes, sexual torture, and murder of fetuses happened, period. Where are the believe them voices? This is where the grace needs to come into play. Because it must be something for a lot of progressive women and and you you could argue I guess Jewish women uh, in in this case, but I, I think I think we'll we'll just expand it out just for the sake of the conversation, guys. It must be something to learn that their fellow travelers were never traveling with them. She writes, "These crimes against women were in many cases documented by the terrorists themselves and broadcast for the world to see. Those of us who have fought for women's rights and have sought to shout from the rooftops when women's bodies are being used in war for the sadistic pleasure of perpetrators are astounded at how the world has been silent surrounding this. And then she writes, progressive feminists of the world, where are you? It must be something to learn that they never existed. That it was all a lie. That the idea that they actually cared about women was never, ever, ever real and never shown. What they cared about were progressive causes that helped bring about the elimination of Western civilization because that's the only thing progressive causes actually bring about. They don't care that Jewish women get raped. How could they care that Jewish women get raped? Israel's the oppressor. Therefore, the oppressed are just fighting back, which means the women deserved it. Said differently, those Israeli ladies, their, their uh, skirts are just too short. This is what they're telling you, Mayim Bialik. And I can appreciate that it is astonishing and angering and frightening to find this out. But Jews and Christians have found this out over the past six weeks, seven weeks. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, October 7th. So we're, we're almost on two months, seven weeks, seven weeks. Um, they, they may have been astonished to find out that the people who have been screaming Me Too and the people who have been screaming for, uh, for, for uh, I, I don't know, what else do you want to call it? Uh, a believe All Women. Um, they never believed in any of it. They never believed in any of it. It was just a tool to engage in attack to further uh, their political ideology. They never cared. Medea Benjamin doesn't care about Israeli women. Also, I would argue she doesn't care about women. The United Nations, the UN women, don't care about women. They care about progressivism. And your so-called progressive feminists, your fellow travelers, used you like the useful idiot, with all due respect, that you were. It's up to you as to whether or not you are. They used you. They used you and they're still using uh, uh, the, the, the useful idiots. Everybody who participated in the women's march, uh, Linda Sarsour, that Jew-hating bigot, useful idiot. You were. Now it's up to you as to whether or not you are. Every single woman on The View who isn't talking about the fact that women were raped and the world is silent, useful idiot. Sonny Hostin on The View 
complain that when the hostages are returned, all we do is focus on the Israeli families. What about the Palestinians? You know, many of these prisoners, they're actually hostages themselves. None of that is true. The people who've been arrested by the Israelis were planning terrorist attacks, engaged in terrorist attacks, or they were engaged, for example, in stabbings. And one report says, well, yes, uh, this woman tried to stab uh, Israelis, but it's not like she actually stabbed anybody. That's an argument. That is like having the building on fire behind you and CNN saying it's a mostly peaceful protest. It must be terrifying to learn that you are alone but you're not alone. It's just that the feminists were never actually feminists. They're progressives, and by definition, they don't care about women, they care about their ideology. Because women who do not fall into what is considered acceptable clearly deserve what they get. No humanity. And so now, ladies, what's your plan? Are you going to continue to follow this feminist nonsense garbage? These people who treat you like garbage and therefore admit to yourself that yes, I'm garbage, I'm gonna follow these garbage people or are you going to stop? Recognize their bigotry, recognize their hatred, recognize their violence and how much they hate women. And then go the other direction and head towards people and attract people who don't hate women and don't think it's okay for terrorist organizations to rape women and for a world to be silent about it. And while you're doing that, ask yourself, you're gonna vote for the abortion people or you're gonna vote for the people who actually think there's a difference between women and men and that women should be noticed and protected? The choice is totally up to you. I'm Tony Katz. So on Giving Tuesday, people gave $3.1 billion, but the number of donors was down about 10%. Maybe the idea of having one day where you're everyone's sending an email saying, give me money, isn't the best way to raise money. I mean, that's what it signals uh, t- to me. Also, this has to do with the economic issues that we're seeing in the country, which, yes, are still real issues. And I know that the numbers are odd and strange. We talked about them. But this whole Giving Tuesday thing as part of the holiday season, I honestly don't know if it can last, but I think the the charities desperately want it to continue. Seems a bit obnoxious at this stage of the game. This is Tony Katz today.